is going on everybody welcome into another edition of the daily energy news beat stand up here on this gorgeous wednesday august 23rd 2023 as always i'm your humble correspondent michael tanner coming to you from an undisclosed location here in dallas texas joined by the executive producer of the show the purveyor of the show and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website energynewsbeat.com Stuart turley my man how we doing today it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood it is crazy out there buckle up batman yeah, crazy and story-wise, crazy hot. I'm literally sweating in my own house, um, but we are surviving. We appreciate everybody checking us out. As Stu mentioned, we have an excellent menu uh, lined up for you. First up, is nuclear energy the answer to a sustainable future? Experts are divided. Ooh, done, done, done. At next up, at current pace, U.S. will eliminate fossil fuels in 170 years. That number seems more reasonable um, than 2030. So Stu will dive into what this, this research is showing. Next up, White House on alert over rising fuel prices. Uh, hello, McFly. Hello, McFly. They're finally waking up right now. Um, we'll see. Stuhl uh, impact is what's going on with the Biden administration and rising fuel prices. And then finally, renewable energy has a brutal problem and no one knows how to solve it. This is an opinion piece. Very interested um, to see what uh, the author has to say. Specifically, we love a good renewable energy story. And then we have critical questions about how climate friendly Appalachian blue hydrogen hub will be. So um, you, you, we couldn't, Stu couldn't take an opportunity not to talk a little bit about blue hydrogen. Um, so he'll, 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 he'll opine about what's going on over there in Appalachia. Appalachia. He'll toss it over to me. Really, it's just oil prices and, and, and the API drops their crude oil inventory guesstimates um, for 1030 here on Wednesday. So we will uh, um, cover all that and a bag of chips in the finance section, guys. But first, as always, check us out online. World's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com. The best place for all of your oil and gas news. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, at energynewsbeat.com, YouTube. Check us out there. Dashboard energynewsbeat.com. The best place for all your data and news combo team is hard at work at v2 check out the description if you're listening on a podcast um, or on youtube you can see the description for all the timestamps, so you can jump to whatever part you want to jump to you want to get in contact with the show, email us questions at energynewsbeat.com or again, use that description below. I'm going to turn it over to you though, Stu. Where do you want to begin? Uh, we're going to do, uh, uh, is nuclear energy the answers to a sustainable future? Experts are divided for uh, $120, please. Thank you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to go 500 on that, but all right. Talk to us about uh, nuclear. What's going on? Okay. You know, I, I think we got to end up going, if you don't go nuclear, you don't go natural gas, you ain't going to get there. So uh, I found this one was pretty uh, interesting. I love this one. Um, Michael Schellenberger, we love us. Michael Schellenberger says, how do you provide cheap, reliable, pollution-free energy for a world of 8 billion people? And nuclear energy is really the only scalable version of that. Renewables are not reliable, nor are they sustainable. This is Stuart Turley talking. They are not sustainable financially. So, uh, anyway, according to the report, uh, there are 486 nuclear reactors either planned, proposed, or under construction. I didn't know it was that many, Michael. I mean, uh, uh, 65.9 billion watts of uh, electric capacity, the highest amount since electric capacity under construction in the industry since 2015. The IEA, our buddies over there, said in 2019, 
Uh, nuclear is going away. It's too bad. It's dangerous. <laughs> it's the only thing we got. So, uh, but, but, but what this article brings up is, okay, great. We've got all of this permitted and in the pipeline. Why is it too expensive and why is it too slow? Well, I mean, that's the thing that bogs down nuclear right now is cost right. overruns way too long takes to get these things online. And uh, it is absolutely a disaster for uh, regulatory issues, causing delays, causing change orders, causing all these things. Is that what it boils down to? Both of those things come back, come back to the point that it's very hard to get these things approved. So as you work through the approval process, there's constant, as you said, change orders. Oh, I hate that word. Oh, no. Change orders. Uh, I lived and died. I mean, we love a good change order. What, what can I say? Oh, yeah. I love a good change order. It's the only way to make profit. Um, and so when things are so when when others a good one. if you don't do a change order, you're going to lose money. And so uh, Greenpeace in March 22 was a position besides a commonly held. You know, I just interviewed uh, Patrick Moore again for the mm-hmm. second time. He's coming back again. He loves us. Uh, he, he, he's a fan of the show. But Greenpeace is now said, um, acknowledged all in nuclear power stations are score comparable with wind and solar energy, how wind and solar can be much implemented much faster on a much bigger scale. It's because I got to admit, you and I have said this before, the Biden administration is not uh, energy. They're at energy agnostic. They are not discriminatory against any energy source. They have bad regulatory processes for all of them. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. All right, what's next? Let's go to the current pace. At its current pace, U.S. will eliminate fossil fuels in 170 years. The picture is a big old truck climbing up a coal heap. The thing that amazes me, Michael, Mm -hmm. is... I absolutely, the more we go to renewals, the more fossil fuels we're going to need until the technology is there. According to data from the Energy Institute Statistical Review of World Energy, boy, there's a mouthful. I wonder what grant they got from Bubba Smith, uh, Bill Gates. <laughs> amount of electrical in- generation from fossil fuels fell from 73% in 1985 to just under 60% in 2022. I'm going to call hoo on that number right okay. there. That is boo hockey crap baloney. While the New York Times uh, likes to claim the country is rapidly shifting away from fossil fuels, it will take at current pace more than 170 years. To reach 0%, basically, if you extrapolate the difference going on. I mean, and between me and you, that number even seems small. It seems reasonable, but it seems small. Oh, no. And uh, bear in mind that China is the one of the key issues here. U.S. fossil fuels peaked around uh, 23,000 uh, terawatt hours last year. It was just mm-hmm. under that at 21 terawatt. And then China is ramping up its energy production from fossil fuels. Everybody is putting in more coal in more ways than you can possibly imagine. And then uh, LNG is here to stay. I mean, it's just so much cheaper. Even the IEA, they mentioned that in in this article that they had to come out and admit that coal demand for electrical generation and steel production reached record highs in 2022. And I got to give a shout out to the Cowboy State Daily. I love them as a news source. They actually are one of the best news sources out there. Please go follow them. CowboyStateDaily.com. All right. What's next? 
Oh man, my old depend boy here. Yeah, he's looking for his depends. Um, hey, did you see that he offended everybody at uh, Hawaii? Maui? He fell asleep. I saw that. It's ridiculous. Oh my gosh, what a knucklehead! Rising gasoline prices in the U.S. are starting to put pressure on the Biden administration in the run-up to next year's election. Michael, this. I, I got to be nice. Uh, diesel, meanwhile, has risen to four thirty-eight a gallon from three eighty-four a month ago. Uh, this is from Bob McNally. Any White House uh, has only two kinds of modes when it comes to oil prices: obvious or panic. Said Bob McNally, president of consultancy of Radpan Energy and former senior director for international energy for the White House National Security Council. Uh, what would really flip them into true panic mode, Michael, is where when oil prices kept rising with WT at a 90 to a hundred dollar, <laughs> he said, that'll really flip them out. The problem is, let me get some numbers here. Uh, we are the largest sale. They did 180 million barrels. Uh, it currently holds 350 million barrels. That is the smallest it's been in 45 years. And so when you sit back, Saudi is cutting 1 million barrels a day. 100,000 here is not going to make a difference and no way to U.S. Uh, producers can fill the gap. They come down here and then even the Biden administration is bragging that U.S. is going to increase to 13 million barrels per day. So the hypocrisy of the Biden administration is just uh, you got to congratulate them for hypocrisy uh, in in motion there. No. Now, if if they take this down, let me just give my stupidly opinion. Floor is yours. Okay, China. When things go bad, right, Mm -hmm. things are going bad. The economy is going bad in China. What does China do? They normally, everybody has started a war. Look, that's, and then they go over here and start a war. Mm -hmm. They could be starting a war in Taiwan. What are we going to do if we got a war in Taiwan besides having a knucklehead up there, uh, you know, that doesn't even know where he's at, or he's there saying that his uh, oh, what was the joke that he said yesterday? He he almost lost his car and his wife and his dog or something like that. I mean, it was pathetic. What's going to happen is we only have 350 million. How many do many millions a day do we use in the U.S.? That is less than a 20 day supply. That is less than that. You get anybody at OPEC grumped out at us. Russia is now also going to cut at 1 million barrels per day, 100,000, I mean, a a million barrels a day. What was it? Russia's doing, I got to fact check myself. They are going all in on this next OPEC plus cut. They're going in. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, if, if war with China starts, we're screwed. That's all I'll say. Gas prices are going through the roof. uh, And even if China's been storing. They're ready for this. Huh? Oh, China's they're ready. Store oil. They're ready for this. It's scary. They've been buying everything they could. They bought more gold than they could have ever imagined. BRICS is meeting today or yesterday. BRICS is in this meeting. Uh, you had all the representatives from China, uh, South America, Brazil, India meeting with Z in China. And the big question is, are they going to be able to do it? And my answer is, 
Yes. They've been doing this since I believe 2009 on bricks, trying to bring it forward. Guess what the catalyst was? <laughs> it was Biden. <laughs> do you remember that one quote that uh, I got to go to the next story here? But do you remember when Obama said, don't ever underestimate uh, the ability for Joe Biden to F up something? Yeah, I do remember that. Okay. Yeah. He just effed up the U.S. dollar. Let's go over here to the renewable energy uh, has a brutal problem and no one knows how to solve it. Let's put Biden in charge of it. It's in a, not an equation. That was a joke, Michael. Sorry. Uh, it is not a question of whether or not there's enough energy available from the sun, wind or waves or whatever. It is the question for what is needed for the underlying engineering, the batteries, the wind farms, the solar plants, etc. 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 As a uh, cartoon once said, there's a couple stats in here that are just amazing. Let's see. The large by Stephen Sidley from uh, DailyMaverick.co. Love that. Yeah. Um, the largest and most expensive has been the multinational Latier project in France. It was designed to be completed in 2001 and began in 2007, was the first fusion experiments in 2035 and began uh, fusion. And it has to come up to scale with usefulness. This is about fusion energy. Fusion mm -hmm. energy is not anywhere anytime soon. It's going to be modular reactors yep. and it's going to be the SMRs. Uh, you know, those other ones, the fusion has a, it's, that is the energy nirvana. It ain't going to get there. No. So when you sit here and take a look at the technology for renewables is not there. If We've you're said this. It's not a matter of how much wind. I mean, this guy, you know, Stephen put it very plainly. It's not about how much energy we can get and extract from all renewable sources. It's where does it go and how does the grid handle it? No one's and, answered that question. No. And, and I don't than, know who will. Well, more than 500,000 medium-sized non-fossil power plants will have to be built to replace the current fossil fuel fleet by 2050. Let me say that again. 500,000 medium non-fossil power plants will have to be built. It's insane. It, uh, it can't I love what he says, again, not going to happen. No. Uh, what was that, Dana Carvey? Not going to happen when he would imitate Bush. Okay. You know, Michael, three years ago when you and I were talking on our show, I was always a hydrogen fan. I was Dr. Hydrogen. I mean, sure. that almost sounded like a James Bond character. Yes, sir. Critics question how climate-friendly and Appalachian blue, as you would say, hydrogen hub will be. Okay. The porculus bill, I mean, excuse me, the inflation reduction uh, bill came out and added in that there has to be two hydrogen plants uh, installed. One of them is going to be in the Appalachia area, and it had to be in an area where there's a lot of natural gas. So the Appalachia Mountain, uh, which is the area over there with uh, CNX and Nick, we love CNX. Um, we do. Appalachia Region Re Clean Energy Hydrogen Hub. Here's the problem. Uh, let's see. It is uh, Rob Bundrett. We believe there are opportunities for the industry in a regional hub or hydrogen ecosystem that the Appalachia is more suited than most areas because of our compactness, access to natural gas and manufacturing infrastructure. Boy, he's, he's got that right. President of the Ohio 
Oil and Gas Association, there is certainty that it would be a benefit, especially to the role of natural gas and the creation of blue hydrogen. But we think it's too early to tell exactly what and how much benefit it will be to the industry. He's dead on right. Yep. Here's where blue hydrogen is. It's made with natural gas. Blue hydrogen, natural gas. Green hydrogen is made with renewables, wind or solar. Doesn't happen very often. Yep. Hydrogen takes a tremendous amount of water. I mean, we're going to be facing, we're all facing this water shortage. Oh, well, there's plenty of water for hydrogen. Um, It would even result in a net reduction of carbon emissions. There is a question whether or not it would even happen. There is also a danger that I really never talked about in the past, and that's the molecules are smaller. Mm -hmm. Not my brand size. It is the molecules are smaller. So when you try to pump these bad dogs in, it's saying over here, we want to go ahead and use all the natural gas pipelines. I used to be all in on that. It leaks. It's kind of like our border. It's just wide open. And I mean, it's absolutely going to cause a problem. Things blow up when hydrogen. I mean, what are we going to do? Call, um, you know, that whole area. All Ghostbusters. Yeah, we're going to call Pennsylvania instead of Pennsylvania. We're going to call it the Hendon, Pennsylvania instead of the Hindenburg because it's going to blow up. That's funny. No, I mean, I, I think I talked about this on the solo show last night. I'm not sure if I want to be riding around with a with a nuclear bomb in my car. A hydrogen bomb in my car? Yeah, I'm no. good. I'll pass. I'll let somebody else try that one out. Well, I had a joke, but never mind. It was right. a little Anything college else humor. You could kick, kick it to finance? Kick it to finance, dude. All right. Well, we'll, I mean, we'll keep it short, folks, because because nothing really happened today other than we we had a little bit of a, a sideways trading day. We did actually finish um, trading day below $80 at $79.65 as we record this at $614 um, on the 22nd. We did see the overall markets, uh, S&P down about a quarter of a percentage point. NASDAQ drops about two tenths of a percentage point. Um, yields up, dollar index up about a quarter of a percentage point. Natural gas, uh, again, sideways trading, $2.56. Everything comes down to China. It's China, 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 China. It's all you're going to hear coming out of uh, you know the news industry, whether or not that's, you know, and again, we're back in sentiment mode, supply and demand. You know, we did see the API come out, Stu, and, and they're going to draw and they, they claim today, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, that you'll see a, a 2.4 million barrel draw. That's at 1030, but the API is recommending 2.4 million barrel draw. So we'll see what happens there. But again, fundamentals have kind of shifted back towards it's the sentiment of where China goes. So will oil. Remember, we had a few weeks where everybody was we were talking about how fundamentals supply and demand backs Stu. throw it out the window. We're back on China now. <laughs> Well, China and his other brother, Taiwan, you know, uh, that was the Bob yeah. Newhart show years ago. You're killing me. Anything else you got for him? Uh, yeah. BRICS is finishing up their meetings. We'll have an update on BRICS. Uh, we also How have. How we've few- got. They're in Jackson Hole on Friday, right? Uh, no. <laughs> I thought Jay Powell and the Fed's in Jackson Hole. They, they have comments on Friday. I said BRICS. Oh, but I was talking about Jay Powell and the Fed. No, now you're now you're treating me like a husband. You're not listening to me. I mean, it's just. <sighs> oh, I know. I Briggs is meeting spooky. It it is now. The other one is the Fed. We're going to hear it. I have a feeling they could even continue to raise rates. They're that bad. Yeah, it's 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 not looking good. No. 
And then Russia is going to be cutting their oil supply. And then there's about 16 other things going on that I'll be filling people in on. But guess what? This is the best podcast to stay up to speed <laughs> on everything in the energy business. But with that, guys, we're going to let you get out of here. Get back to work. Appreciate you checking us out. For Stuart Turley, I'm Michael Tanner. We'll see you tomorrow, folks.